0: And welcome back home to Ryan Hughes taking a break from the GP action. Let's go to Davey.
1: Down here on the starting line, guys, getting ready for the
2: beginning of the first moto of the 250 National Championship Series. We have the riders burning out their tires, getting ready. I want to tell you about this rider right here, number 44, Sebastian Tortelli. He is the guy that Honda's pinned a lot of hopes on to win the Outdoor National Series and get them back where they were at the top of the motocross heap. Tortelli's got two World Championship titles, but coming into Glen Helen today, he's the great unknown. A lot of people say he's the fastest motocross rider in the world. I guess we're about to find out.
0: A MX Network production. A series of the most exciting action imaginable. Sacrifice falls for Ryan Dutchie
1: Jenkins fights for Slytherin. Welcome to the Lea Reraceables on PulpMX.com. Mathis and Weed revisit the instant classics from yesteryear, spotlighting those historic moto moments that simply never grow old.
0: Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Liat Re-Raceables podcast. Thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for subscribing. Please tell a friend while you're at it. These things have been really, really fun to do, and today's race is uh, certainly an epic one as well. I'm Steve Mathis, of course. Thanks to Liat, Maxis, and Blenzel. And my partner in these, um, as usual, he's on the other line, uh, Jason Wygant. What's up, Weege?
1: Yeah. Hey, we're carving some new ground here. People have asked, are you only doing Supercross of these shows? And it's our first motocross race. Yeah. And the timing is uh, on purpose because this was an epic opener, 1999, and we're on the verge of opening this season. So you're probably listening to this right around the time 2021 has started. So we kind of have that opening round motocross flavor to the show.
0: Yeah, absolutely. This was certainly a, a great race, and uh, we're going to get into it Um 99 Glenn Helen uh lots to talk about when it comes to this and I, I, and if anybody listens to my stuff over the years and and I'm, you know I'm guessing many of you have you'll know that I've always said this is one of the top 5 races I've ever seen in person uh as far as uh, um being blown away this was like a performance by yes, rider. Yes, yes yes by performance yep. by rider. this is I, I, who knows the the ranking you know over the years you, you you don't know but uh this one is in I will never ever Forget being on the side of the track with this race. It's just one of those races. And I was working it as a mechanic and still watching the guy who won it. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> You have too many stories of that, and I, I have to imagine that might have had an effect.
0: Yeah, maybe, perhaps. All the uh,
1: mechanics g- abilities.
0: Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> uh, thanks to the folks at Liat as well for coming on board this this thing. They really believed in this show. When we pitched it to them, and uh, they, they stand behind it, man, really thank those guys. The uh, Motor Concepts guys are Liat head-to-toe. Nuclear Blast Yamaha are also Liat. Uh, they got the 9.5, the 8.5 helmets, the 5.5 flex-lock boots. Velocity goggles, of course they made their name with the neck braces that they still have I did a podcast with Dr. Chris Liet a little while ago, very very interesting guy, so please check that out on the uh, Racer X Steve Mathis feed really appreciate that, new for 2021 Liet has introduced a completely redesigned helmet with their 9.5 carbon and 8.5 composite helmets they have the FlexLock boots that uh, the guys have been wearing and uh, the Velocity goggles, of course. So if you want a discount from the folks at Liat, we are able to do that now. So uh, simply email us using the contact form of pulpamex.com. Go to Liat.com, look at what they've got, email us, and uh, we'll pass on a code for you to save with the folks at Liat. So thanks to those guys for coming on board. And, of course, Maxis and Blenzall as well. Um, this, this Saturday, when we're recording this, this is Wednesday, this Saturday, Alex Ray, uh, Rod Bell, Jeremy Smith. Is Jordan Jarvis? Is she in? Do we know? I know she was hurt, but do we know Oege? Uh,
1: as far as I know, I saw her at Daytona and she was like, um, she had a concussion, I think, right before Supercross, so her plan was national, so I don't think it's changed.
0: All right, Six so nine. they'll be they'll be yep. using Maxis tires on the SGB Max's Kawasaki team. MXSTs developed by the King, Jeremy McGrath, who was in this race.
1: Oh, um, big part of this show.
0: Big part of this show. Yes. And uh yep. and he was in this race. He used, he's developed the Maxxis tires, and uh, the team uses them, of course. Mountain bike tires as well. I use the Minions out here in Vegas on the rocks. They've got uh, light truck tires, SUV tires, lots of things going on with the folks at Maxxis uh, Tires. So thanks to those guys, and blends all as well. Um, Weed, so 1999, Glen Helen, the opener. Uh, this is only two years after they ditched the Gainesville National, which was in the middle of Supercross. So this was year two of... The Nationals just being separated from Supercross, and and this was only year two of Glenn Helen being added to the schedule again. After you know they were around in the mid nineties, they had the one moto format there, um, so it was, it was kind of a new thing, sort of new start to the Nationals, and sort of still new track.
1: Yeah, I know that. Everything used to be better, and the sport is so dumb now, and if we could just go back to the old days when everything was great and perfect, which is what everyone thinks. Retro is always with a tinge of everything was better. But there are many, many things that they eventually figured out to improve the way racing would work. And they used to not only have the, as uh, m x would call it, the Orphan National, which was the random, <laughs> the week after or before Daytona, right around Daytona.
0: Yeah, right? yeah I think it was... Um... Right. Uh, I don't know, yeah.
1: Right, so there would be the first national, and then two more months before another national. But in addition, when the other nationals would start, they would weave Supercross in and out. There would literally be, like, we'd go to High Point for Memorial Day weekend, end of May, and there would often be a few more Supercrosses after that. So it seemed normal at the time, because that's what everybody did, and then somewhere along the way, everybody's like, could we just end (laughs) Supercross and then do motocross so... Obviously, getting bikes and, and training dialed to do both is difficult. But also, I think they were afraid if you get injured, you screw up both championships. Yeah. At least which, you can separate them. Which yeah. really
0: makes sense. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it, right, looking right. back on it, it totally makes sense. So this, was, right, but this is uh, only
1: 20 years. The first 20 years of the series, we've been around 40 to 50 years, they didn't think of this. So right. yeah, this is relatively new of having this. We have no idea how motocross is going to turn out. Supercross is over. Fresh start for everyone. And Glen Helen, yeah, it was there in 93, was the one moto format one, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, One long moto, which everyone for sure in 93 is like, this is the future, man. This is the future. One moto. Yeah. Um, Here we are, almost 30 years after that, still running two motos. Thank God, actually, I think people like the two moto format um yeah glenn Helen like bounced in and out of the schedule even back then so hey yeah. Yeah. some things haven't changed yeah really
0: right actually i think the <laughs> coster was the promoter for that one uh that one moto one as well so uh yes after yes. he left uh left left honda um yeah, yeah so 99 um opener where were you Weech? what were you doing
1: dude i was a college student i was nobody nobody
0: <laughs>
1: just uh, well, junior year of college
0: I was Tim Ferry's mechanic for Team Nolene this year. Uh, I was um, stuck in Europe for a little while, and then Dave Dye, after round two of the Supercross series, Dave Dye recommended me for a job because he got a job at Yoshimura Suzuki. I got a call in Germany looking for me to be Timmy's mechanic. I jumped on the next flight like two days later, flew in, and Red Dog had a tremendous Supercross season. Top privateer uh got a podium at indianapolis uh absolutely phenomenal i had probably very little to do with it but red dog crushed it so we were coming into the outdoors uh feeling pretty good on the no lean team yamaha so this is i was a mechanic back then so
1: now me watching from let me tell you when i say afar (laughs) i I never thought that i would ever if you told me in 1999 do you think you will ever go to the state of California in your life? I'd say ah fifty fifty shot 50-50 <laughs> that I will ever go. I'll ever spend in the state of California. So yeah. When I say far, I really mean it. One thing I did not know until I met you and you've told these Tim Ferry stories. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's practically a factory bike. Ferry's on right.
0: Oh, uh, yeah uh, yeah a little
1: off <laughs> Just I a little a,
0: off? a little a little off. We uh, we got a different cylinder I think we tested a cylinder spec. Before the race, and that was our outdoor bike, and uh, you know that was it, man. Uh, yeah, it was basically like it was not
1: even close. No, like it was no, it was
0: nothing. Team. Yeah, nothing. Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, it was yeah, the privateer bike, privateer team. Uh, I did Ross. I think Enzo was doing the suspension. I don't remember now. Back then, maybe yeah, I think Ross was doing the suspension, um, and uh, that was it, man. It was me and a box fan and Red Dog, and he just he really really came on and, and it, it made me made me look really good. So uh he crushed it as a top privateer guy and we went into the Nationals and he, this was his first Nationals on a 250 because he had tore his knee up the or not, uh, sorry 98 he rode 125s. So this was a 250 oh, wow. t- t- 250 class debut for Tim Ferry. So that's what I was doing. Um this was also notable because Jeremy McGrath had had stopped doing uh motocross uh now. He he was leading the 98 Outdoor nationals broke his wrist at high point and was out of the series and then announced well, that oddly,
1: I guess he actually broke it in Supercross. True. But yeah. you know, you can it was kind of getting by, and then I guess he finally like pushed pushed it over the edge. Yep. At a high point. Yeah. So then
0: he yeah. he was out of the series. He was looking good to to win that series again. Um of course the uh the ninety-six and ninety seven was pretty epic um battles. Well, I guess ninety seven on Suzuki wasn't so good. But anyways, um So then this was the first year that he announced, I'm doing Supercross only. A lot of people didn't like that. It became commonplace with some top guys later on. But uh, Jeremy was the one who broke the mold. But because Chaparral was the uh, title sponsor of his team, and Chaparral is located in San Bernardino, probably 10 minutes from Glen Helen, he decided to do the opener. Uh, And that was it. One and done for him, no matter how he did. Uh, So it was big news to see Jeremy McGrath back at this race.
1: Yeah, and... I think one of the things that is now getting lost to history is how good McGrath was at motocross when he really started to try essentially, which yep. I think he would admit that was the difference. Um, yeah. 1994 was his first year, 250 outdoors. He was consistent, but he wasn't very good. He was getting thirds and fourths because he would get a start and then get tired. Um, he was not even close to say like LaRocco and Kudrowski, who were the best guys at the time. Um, and then 95, I think he was tired of hearing people say, ah, he's only good at Supercross. Um, so he got awesome at motocross in one year. All of a sudden, 95, he won the title. I would argue the beginning of 96, he was even better. He won the first six motos. So for a guy that I think it's being forgotten how good McGrath was outdoors, he won the first six motos of the year in 96. And it, honestly, it wasn't even close, dude. Yep. He got hurt at the end of the year, and that led to an epic battle with Emig, who usually gets better as the year goes on. And Emig edged him for the title. But in this race, it is there are two things that are surprising. A, how good McGrath is out yep. course, And B, how accepted that was. You hear a lot of talk, A, from the TV announcers, the legendary Art Ekman and Bailey combo. With some guy named Davey
0: like, Coombs was the pit reporter? Yeah. What happened to him? What happened to him? Yeah.
1: I don't know what he does these days. Yeah. I don't know. Is he involved with the Nationals at all anymore?
0: I don't know. Haven't heard from him in years. Know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I, the TV announcers, and I feel, if I remember right, reading Cycle News at the time, I think it was even backed up by the riders. McGrath saying, I'm not even going to race this series this year, was almost like a, well, now the title's wide open. Yeah. He was actually so good at motocross, yep. which I think is forgotten, that it was like, well, if McGrath lines up, he's the favorite for sure yeah. to win the 250 National Championship.
0: Yeah, 96, he should have won. He pulled off while he was 10th, uh, and he should have won, but he pulled off at Washugal. Yeah. Definitely had the points, the 97 on a Suzuki. Okay, definitely not not where he needed to be on that summer. At, at some point around midway, I think he started uh, uh, just taking it pretty easy. 98, yep. though, he was leading the points when he had to exit because of a wrist injury. And now we were back in 99 on a Yamaha. So all those things you said were true uh, about Jeremy. And, um, yeah,
1: highly underrated yeah. as an outdoor rider. And we'll talk specifically about this race. Like, he was really good here. He was really yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, you got to yeah. think,
0: like, everyone was coming in off a Supercross. Everyone was doing testing and everything. He probably didn't ride as much many outdoors as he wanted to or as he needed to if he was doing the whole season. It was a one-off race. And he still basically beat everybody except for one guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. so the real story of this, though, is uh, Sebastian Tortelli uh, goes 1-1 uh, in his debut USA National. Of course, we all know he won the Mudder uh, Mud Race opener at Supercross in 98 uh, on a Cowie, uh, an all-time... <laughs> uh, a weirdo announcing race by the way for art editing on that one um funny story behind the scenes about art not knowing that that's... Oh, that will be a raceable. yeah at, no, at ne- some point no so seb yes. wins that goes back to europe defeats stefan everett's for the uh, uh 250 motocross championship gets signed by team honda comes over now supercross isn't his thing and i actually uh bad on me i was supposed to look up his supercross results from 99 but i believe he got hurt and missed some races right
1: uh, it was a combination of both. The yeah. results were kind of eh. Yeah. Um, I think that we can ask him. We're going to uh, call him on the show. Yeah, we're going to have, have Seb Tortelli
0: on the show. So.
1: Yes, and and the reason we're covering Glen Helen, it is the Tortelli race. The it, Tortelli is the story here. I feel like when he won that Los Angeles race at the beginning of 98, it's like, oh, man, when this guy comes to America, has a full off season prepping for Supercross, look out. And then it didn't really turn out that way. He was like, okay, at Supercross yeah. throughout the season. Yeah. And then he got hurt. You're right.
0: Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was just eh. Exactly. It was eh. exactly. Um, exactly. But we come into this race and Seb Tortelli, the two time world champion, by the way. And look, I, as an aside here, Stefan Everts is a great dude. Okay. I like him. Uh, all you Everts people need to calm down a little bit on his legacy. Calm down. Because Albi beats him twice, heads to America. Tortelli beats him twice, heads to America. So, yes, Stefan Everts one of the all-time greatest, but let's just remember how it would have gone if these guys had stuck around in Europe. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Just a little mini rant.
1: I'm glad you're willing to say that because you are going to take some heat for it. But, it, but it's true, and I've seen many an interview with Greg Albertine just trashing how good... <laughs> Ever, not saying Everts is terrible. Of course not. I'm saying, I had that guy so handled, so covered, no problem. He was no threat to me. I beat him two years in a row. I moved to the U.S. So that's coming straight from the riders. Uh, There was no intimidation from Albie, and And, he moved. And
0: Stefan had been known to be mentally a little bit weak and crack a little bit at times, uh, all that kind of stuff. Now, look, he's still an all-time great. He would have won many world titles, but his records aren't as impressive when you look at these guys beating him, like Albie and Tortelli, and and leaving. And Tortelli, as a 16- or 17-year-old, really put himself on the map at the 90. Five dis nations, each on a 125. I think. Um,
1: yeah, well, yeah battled uh, Lamson. Right. Um, so Lamson actually did come back in '96 and 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 get him back, and it was a phenomenal ride. I think Lamson won a moto overall on a 125. But as an American, and at that point being like a teenage American and just a fan, I wasn't a journalist, right? So I was crazy biased, just like everybody else. Like crazy biased. Americans ruled yeah the other guys sucked right <laughs> well wow. um,
0: 96 was a soupy track in spain so yeah right up there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. as
1: uh, emig once told me the 96 was the downhill triple of nations he right, it. right it was right. like you can either do this jump or you weren't right, right uh i remember when when tortelli that young put it to lamson and lamson was ridiculously good in that era i was like oh this guy's scary and then he won 125 world title he won the 250 world title he won that race at los angeles the year before, yep. and then this race at Glen Helen, I was, I have one word for it. I was scared. I was like, <laughs> I this was French dude, I was scared. I'm like, this French dude is going to, for sure, eventually just start absolutely kicking everyone in America's ass every week, all the time in America. They can't stop this guy. <laughs> there was right. no stopping this dude. He beat Lamp 70 16. He already won a Supercross. He beat Stefan Everts. And then he dominates this Glen Helen race, as we're about to talk about. And I'm like, oh, my God. It is on. It is, we, we're dead.
0: A young wee just thinking these colors maybe do run. Yes, yes. French taking
1: over. And I didn't even realize that Ron Ron and DV. Yeah, they were coming, it right. Was coming. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, this was uh, a phenomenal race. Like, like I said, I was in the mechanics area. Red Dog goes 11-11 on the day for 13th overall. Talk about Phil Nicoletti oh, scores. that's a Phil score. Yeah, 11-11 for 13th. But... LaRocco goes 9-2 for second. I mean, just a crazy race all over the board that way, this one. Uh, but Red Dog goes 11-11. Actually, Red Dog goes 11-11 at Glen Helen, and he goes 11-11 the next week at Hangtown. Wow. Yeah. And Very then, consistent. Yes, and then we'll get into what happened after that, uh, maybe after we talk into to Seb. But the Lee at uh, we're going to have our categories, who won the race, Lit Kid Award, who's that guy, where's JT. Actually, I didn't even look where's JT. Uh, I need to do that, and uh, the Jacob Marsack award, of course, for the rider who um, who uh, absolutely crushed it and and no one ever talks about, so we 'll get into that as well uh here on the Lee at Reracsables, but Blenzall, I want to thank the folks at Blenzelll of course uh Weege, do you want to uh, do you want to talk a little bit about Blenzall?
1: Yes, I do because you know where they 're proving themselves they 're not just proving themselves in motocross now they 've got they 've got Mike Alessi using their stuff, and you know the Alessis leave nothing nothing, nothing on the table <laughs> no not that was actually the, the word, I think, in Loretta's back in the day. I don't want one percentage of a horsepower or a CC left on that table. Put it in the bike. So if they're using it, you know it's good. But in addition, the off-road side, which you know I'm very passionate about, they have the all-new 555 Ultra TPI caster injector oil. So it is specially formulated for the modern electronic fuel-injected two-strokes. Ahem. You know that's the KTMs and the, and the Huskies that have that transfer port fuel injection. That's the oil KTM owners have been waiting for. And on the GNCC side, Bryson Neal's been running Blenzol in his quad. Now, I know you're saying, quad what? Dude, I'm telling you, they just hold the things wide open for two hours in the mud. Right. That's what they do.
0: So Blenzol so that's works for that.
1: that. Yes. So that's proof that Blenzol has good two-stroke and four-stroke oil. It's distributed by WPS. Or go to Blenzol.com or check out, out Blenzol on social or just visit your local dealer Ask for Blenzol.
0: So basically, two-stroke, four-stroke, quads, they do it all at Blenzol. And uh, absolutely, thanks to the guys at Blenzol for coming on board. We're going to give some uh, Blenzol away on the Rerasables, either two-stroke or four-stroke, whatever you need from them on oil-wise. Simply use the contact form at pulpamex.com. Tell us, put Blenzol in the subject line, and we will give some oil away just for listening to the podcast. So thanks, uh, everybody, and thanks to Blenzol for stepping up on this. So we're going to come up with Seb here shortly. He's over in Spain. Uh, I still see him at Geneva paris and stuff so i still talk to him still uh um, still looking good by the way seb oh just always dressed good. to the nines mm-hmm. just you mm-hmm. know just phenomenal uh uh but okay so one one on the day he goes and we each it's not even close i mean look mcgrath has a clutch problem while leads the second moto um you know they're on to that as far as an issue in the broadcast but i, I mean you know look I think he gets him anyways. I think Seb gets Jeremy McGrath anyways. Uh you know, I'm sure at that time in Southern California, after the race, everyone is running around uh talking about how Jeremy had problems and blah blah blah. I don't I don't want to hear it. Uh Seb Seb would have got him. It was that good.
1: That's what makes this ride so amazing. He comes from uh essentially twentieth, nineteenth ish.
0: Yeah, you can see him on the first moto on the long sand straight You can see him on the first or second lap, and he is, yeah, uh, 20th, somewhere around. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He comes from about 20th in both motos to win both motos, and not nail biters. Like, gets into the lead. You can't tell from the TV show because they are not live at all. They just take a bunch of tape and put it together and build what looks like a 30-minute moto. Yep. But I'm going to guess here he's in the lead by the 20-minute mark-ish of a 30-minute moto from 20th. Something like that.
0: Yep, Um, it was a different track layout than what we saw recently. But there was what you did basically at one point was you went up the first hill, uh, not Mount St. Helens one next to it, and you would do like a uh, you would go race down that hill, and it would U out. It would be a U up back up to the side of Mount St. Helens that's now goes straight up. And Seb's downhill speed was absolutely ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. He he would I remember standing there, seeing him just go at the top of the hill, and just blow by four or five guys up, down the hill and up the other side. It's amazing.
1: Yes, the carrying speed, the carrying momentum. My God. Uh, it, was, it was like a momentum game. It was the classic. It looks like he's going four miles an hour faster than everyone <laughs> in every single part of the track and just adding that momentum up.
0: Yeah, it, it's, 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 it's amazing. It's an amazing ride. And, you know, he had to ride the uh, uh, qualifier you know, to get in because he, the top yeah. 10 receded, so he had to ride a qualifier to get in. I believe he smoked that. Uh, I don't think he was in the... What do you think? I, I think I don't think he was in the uh, uh, practice, uh, the factory practice either. Maybe he was. I don't remember. I think I want to say... This is going off my memory. I want to say he wasn't even in the factory practice. They were like, yeah... you." I'm, I'm you glad know.
1: you mentioned that, that they used to have those qualifiers in the morning of the race. And I know that people complain about rules all the time. I have to say, in the history of rules, the most fairly <laughs> run rules I've ever seen, there are no accept- – if you're not top 10 in points, oh, you're the 250 world champ? Nah. You're qualifying. Yeah. You were not top 10 in points last year. Yeah. You're racing with the privateers. And how many times at the nationals, Steve, would you see a big-name factory guy come back from an injury at, like, round five? Yeah. And he had to race every oh, Sunday morning
0: I was he got to the top 10. I was there. In oh, two 2 Nick Way missed the first two rounds, tweaked his knee. Missed the first two rounds, and, dude, we ran those damn Sunday morning qualifiers all year long because it was like he was just 11th in the points, 12th in the points, 11th in right. the points. We just could not get uh, yes. into there, you know what I mean? So, yes. yeah, I, I totally know that. Um, the defending champion, Doug Henry, was kind of on a little bit of a, a farewell tour. They uh, they feature him a little bit in the broadcast. He It was, uh, it was kind of one of those things that he won in 98, and he basically announced that, hey, he's done. And, uh, and, you know, he was on a four-stroke, which was still new back then. Um, so was a, lot, a lot of Doug Henry in the broadcast also.
1: Well, what makes the, f- the, the 20th to first 1-1 charge for Totelli is impressive. But the field, this is hashtag deep field, dude. Like, it is loaded. When you look at the guys that he had to pass to get there, he wins the over. I'll just run the names, see the results. Mike LaRocco second, Pishon, Lusk. Ryan Hughes, who was at this point racing GPs, but came over to race this round. Huffman, Emig, Albertine, Raynard, McGrath, Button, Larry Ward, Ferry, Doug Henry, uh, John Dowd, yeah. Kevin Windham. Are you kidding me?
0: Think about John Dowd in '97 challenging Fro, right late yeah. in the season. How good of an outdoor guy he was, and now he just he's come back from injury, but still John Dowd was what you said, just thirteenth, whatever, whatever, whatever you just said. Yeah, so.
1: I'd basically name fifteen. Legends. Fifteen legends. That's who Tortelli had to pass. Yeah. Button, McGrath, Ferry, Ward, Emick, Alby, Huffman, Hughes, Lusk, Pashone, Dowd, Wyndham. Yeah. He passed all these guys. Yeah,
0: yeah, pretty much. He uh he pretty much blew Timmy's goggle strap off, if I remember right, when he went by. Uh, I just it was. It was. Oh, do you remember a point where he was close on him? I and- do. I do. I remember a point where I was like, "Oh, I don't know which moto it was," but I'm like, "Okay, like, you know, here, here's Tortelli. Oh my God, there he goes. You know, like I said, I was watching this and I was in awe of Tortelli. I was watching Sebastian Tortelli. I wasn't watching Tim Ferry. I'm <laughs> like, look at this guy. He's gonna win this thing. Good you job. know, um,
1: <laughs> There's a point in the second moto on the TV show. He catches Larocco, and Bailey's like, you know, LaRocco's a veteran. He'll fight. He's not gonna. Oh, and he just went right <laughs> by Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: Like, sorry, uh, LaRocco.
0: Honda, too. Top five sweep for Honda. Top five sweep for Honda. Good job. Red yeah, Riders. well, we need
1: to talk about that a little bit in the show. This was uh, the McGrath Revenge Tour for Honda, where they unbelievably loaded up. They had a four-rider 250 factory team of big price guys, and they gave help to LaRocco as, like, a fifth guy. Yep. And then, oh, Rhino, you want to come race a national? We'll roll out the red carpet for you. Like, Honda was doing everything they could to beat Jeremy McGrath, yet they still couldn't beat jeremy mcgrath
0: yeah yeah absolutely right an and early leader too, uh uh fro in moto one who was obviously 97 champ 98 was rough for fro and 99 got even worse but early on he was leading and, and you were like oh maybe Fro's back Uh, not so much
1: yeah we kind of learned from emig through the years 98 if you remember steve he all of a sudden found it again like the late last yep. few nationals yep. in 98 remember that he started winning yep. motos all of a sudden got it fixed So I'm like, oh, just wait till they get outdoors in 99 and we'll see that again. Uh, No, it was a bad summer for Fro and then eventually gets fired from Kawasaki before the Nationals were over.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely wasn't good. But early on he led, which was which was kind of cool. All right, let's. uh, Yep. Should we get Seb on the line? Yeah, can't wait. The great Sebastian Tortelli, do you know him at all?
1: uh i he probably doesn't remember this yep. like i was covering racers for cycle news yep. you know in the early 2000s and of course he's the nicest guy ever lots of time and even in his suzuki days mm-hmm. um he would actually i'd ask him if he could do an interview he'd invite me up to the riders lounge oh
0: nice to do the interview yeah, in there, yeah. so i could get yeah. some air conditioning
1: wow. classy guy uh, but he probably doesn't know that that guy was me
0: <laughs> probably not all right let's see yep. if we can get yep. a hold of sebastian tortelli here on the Leit re-raceables and now all the way from Spain, we have him on the line, former factory Suzuki rider, former factory Honda rider, world champion, Sebastian Tortelli. What's up, Seb? How are you?
2: Doing great, doing great. Great to be here today.
0: Thanks for coming on, man. So 99 Glen Helen, I mean, listen, Seb, you, you don't, you know, we see each other a couple times a year when the races were going on. I don't think I've ever told you this. Your ride at 99 Glen Helen, I tell it all the time on my stupid shows. It's it's one of the rides I will never Forget sebastian uh, uh, it was you know i have seen so many races over the years. I was in the mechanics area for this one working for Red Dog, and this ride was simply unbelievable. What do you remember from 99 Glen Helen well
2: um, it was you know it was my first season back uh, i mean in the u s mm-hmm. first time outdoor really racing, and uh, I guess every every dots were aligned that day um, you know I had a little bit of uh, tough experience in supercross. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, you know, just fresh uh, to Honda, American Honda. And then um, actually what happened was a little bit complicated for me because at the, I was crowned world champion in 98, so just uh, in uh, September in Greece. And then the next race, I uh, had a bike uh, issue and uh, I broke my uh, my foot. Okay. So I was out for the whole practice for Supercross and testing and um i just came in the season 3 i think 3 weeks before i started riding with uh, with a new bike because uh, i was factory kawi before so i switched to uh, factory honda and um discovering the bike discovering also the us supercross you know full full on so that supercross season was a little bit rough and um what happened is i mean i went through it mm-hmm. and it was okay yep and uh Jeff Stanton was helping uh, you know the guys out at the time, and that was amazing and he's like, you know listen, you know you is around the corner and then we have a few more races, I got a good track at home um just coming hang, hang at the house and and then we'll we'll train together and, yep. and get you ready for daytona and stuff yep, so I'm like, I'll go to the house and got a, a great training, everything going good I mean Jeff was still have uh you know his kids were still in the in in the throller, so that was like you know." He was baby jogging with them and then he killing me on the baby jogger. <laughs> I'm like, he's pushing the Joker and yeah. I'm behind just like puffing and huffing and then uh, not going anywhere. And he's like, hey, are you doing good? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh shit. Anyway. And uh, so we got ready and Daytona went, went, went good. And then I'm like, hey, you know, can I stay longer? You know, I love you here. It was in Michigan. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, just loving, you know, it was, you know, farmland. And I come from the farm. So that was like, you know, that was awesome. So he says, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get ready for our doors, No problem. Stay a little bit longer. And I'm like, no problem. So we, we stayed and started riding the outdoor track. Okay. And the season Supercross was still, you know, not finished. And uh, so I'm like running the auto track and practicing the track that he he was practicing all the time out there for years when he was racing and getting Mm -hmm. his championships. And uh, I go over a corner and and there was like a little single jump. And the next thing I know, I'm flying up in the air (laughs) uh, and the track is in the forest. So that was just a dozer blade. uh, uh, (laughs) That was it. And I'm like, you know, third gear out of a corner. And uh, I'm just flying up in the air and I'm like, what the hell happened? Mm -hmm. And there was a big oak tree and I just missed the oak tree. But the bike just come behind me and then just wrap around the the oak tree. (laughs) I mean, the bike was like maybe three weeks old. Yeah, yeah. And then the aluminum frame was bent. The forks were like out i mean it was like completely destroyed yeah yeah and i'm like hey you know I, I don't know what happened i mean i was everything was going right and i just next thing i, I know i was flying up in the air <laughs> and actually all an fence was buried under the jump and just one of the wire was sticking out oh, and then sh- when i went over the jump just got my foot peg and oh and it basically stopped me and i just went flying <laughs> so wow
0: Jeez.
2: and that was like I mean, you—you didn't—I didn't know what happened. Right. And uh, in the crash, uh, I hurt my my hand, and I'm like, you know, I was not able to to ride for for a couple of weeks. And oh wow. uh, Honda says, yeah, you know, Honda was like, hey, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter right now. The championship in in Supercross, mm-hmm. you know, don't don't hurry to get back and and get ready for outdoors. You know, that's what we really want you. So I, I stayed, you know, at Jeff's place and got some real relativita- uh, rehabilitation done. Uh, with his wife because that's what she was in therapy and so i got everything situated and start training out there and then um, basically gave me a little bit more weeks to train outdoors and i just you know came back to glen ellen and that was like you know the bike was ready i was ready a hundred percent and everything went went great i mean i got to start in the the concrete start for the first time but that was a little bit rough but that
0: was okay (laughs) well that's what i was going to say not everything went great your concrete starting skills seb not on point
2: (laughs) ah come on come on you could give me credit i mean it it was like you know i started racing when i was six years old and never ever started on concrete (laughs) right 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 (laughs) and i come to the first pro race you know ama pro race for me on outdoors yeah and that's a concrete start and you know a little bit stressed out, you know, I, I'm sure I practiced, I mean, I, I practiced like 100 starts on my driveway, but it was never the same as the real thing.
0: Right, right. I, I
1: remember hearing that or reading that in Cycle News, you were practicing in your driveway. So you're saying in the middle of a neighborhood, you're just full, revs up. Yeah, I mean, bunch, you know, at the,
2: yeah, at, at the time I was, uh, I was living in Temecula and uh, the house I bought was in the, in the wineries, so that was a little bit out of the out of the uh, the way. And, uh, you know, I have a few neighbors and they knew me and then they says, yeah, no problem. So I was able to, you know, I had like, uh, I think it was like five acres or two and a half acres land. Yep. So I had like a little, uh, little TT track next door. And then uh, for my driveway, I could, you know, get the jump. And then after I was in the dirt and be able to start it. So. But the, the neighbors were pretty cool about it, and that was a time
1: where it was not as crowded as today. So it was it was easy to be done. Well, yeah, I was going to say, what is five acres of land in Temecula Wine Country worth now, 22 years later? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wish I kept that house, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah really. Yeah. <laughs> um, the big the big thing was Jeremy McGrath coming back, right? He going to race just one race, Seb. Um, you know, he was, uh, and we were talking before we got you on, and I think people don't realize, like, he would have been right in the title chase all summer long. He was that good with just you know kind of prepping for one race uh, at this race at, at Glen Helen. He was very good.
2: No, no, it was amazing. But he, I mean, he, I think he came back from outdoors and said that we, he will do only the first uh, motocross. I think that's right. I, I think that was the deal he had with Chaparral because yep. Chaparral was basically the local track out there, mm-hmm. and uh, that was part of uh, you know the engagement he had with in the contract. So Alice least the, the local race and. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, Yamaha put everything into it and uh I mean, Jeremy was always uh, you know fast when he decided yeah. same as before, you know, when he was a Honda and then he really decided to to prep for outdoors, um he got the championship. So, you know, when he decided something like a champion, he was there the day he need to be there.
0: Right. We, we were talking to, uh, again, I was working for Red Dog and I, I was telling Wygant how fast you were coming down the hills and going up the hills and how much momentum you carried. Did you feel like, um, and it's hard to you know talk about a race that long ago, but did you remember thinking like, I love this track, this is awesome? Uh, did you did you pre-season test there and like it? Do you have any special feelings for Glen Helen coming in?
2: actually no because um i mean the race was the first time i discovered the track honda decided not to go uh, practice out there oh okay and, oh. Uh, so i never raised the track until i got there and i mean to tell you the truth um you know the I, I love the track i love rough tracks so mm-hmm. that was perfect for me that was a perfect fit right and uh, you know remember they they used to water and dig that straightaway. you know one straightaway they used to make it like that yep and uh, at the bottom and first lap you know, I didn't know about the track. I walked the track, but I was not that deep uh, at that time. And I just went, you know, through the, to the deeps, yep. like sand and dirt. And one guy in front of me crashed. And obviously that was one of the, that was my first lap. And I just back off yep. and I went straight over the bars <laughs> paper on the track. And I'm like, I remember I, I was like old. I mean, I think I was wearing a no fear white gear, mm-hmm. uh, white and, and red. Yep. And I came back. I was, I mean, I had to change from head to toes, goggles, everything. First lap, I had to start. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know, what, what a way to start the weekend. I mean, I'm, yeah. first lap and I'm like, shit, it's going to be a long weekend if it starts like that. Wow. And, uh, so you had know, so
0: never ridden the track before. That's crazy.
2: No, no. Yeah. Honda was like you know. I know uh, the next year we had Thursday practice. So mm-hmm. when went there to practice. But yep. my first year, you know, we were testing outdoors. I was a little bit on the east coast in Michigan with Jeff mm-hmm. Stanton. Yep. So, I uh, the time I rode there, I never rode the track. But it was you know the track was completely different because they, they revamped the track every time yep. with the champs with everything. So for for me, it was discovering the track. But you know it, the layout was really nice with the uphill and downhill. Yeah. It was it was good.
1: It was really good. So, you get these terrible starts. Um, You start moving forward uh, quite rapidly. Were you surprising yourself? Did you feel like it was a special day, or were you just riding and you were passing the ice? Or did you feel like, wow, wow, I'm really in the zone today?
2: No, no. I I mean, I was, uh, I mean, I think I did, uh, I had to do the qualifier because I never raced uh, outdoors. So, I had to do, I think it was on Saturday, I had to do the qualifier, and I, I didn't win the qualifier, I think. I was
0: oh. not... Oh, we figured I, I you did. We thought we just we, assumed no, you
2: did. I, I don't think I did. I, I, I don't think I did. It was a short race and, you know, obviously yeah. I, I had a, not a great start. And I think I finished second or third, but I didn't win the, the qualifier, I think. Somebody else win, won the, the qualifier at that time. Maybe it I, was uh, Steve Mathis
0: and Tim Ferry. I don't remember, but maybe maybe, that, <laughs> yeah. maybe that's what it was. But it was
2: like, uh, yeah, I got a... I mean, I love the track. I, I had a, a great feel about it because... What I loved about it it was uh, I mean you couldn't enter on the inside, you had a red, you go outside, you had a right, you go in the middle, you had a red i mean you had you know lines were like if you were committed uh, whatever line if you were faster than the guy in front of you, you could pass him because they were you know all the yeah. lines were you know, some of them were rough but if if you went if you move on on the track, you could find uh, you know solutions were were really good, so I remember like riding there and um I mean, I didn't even ask myself the, the question. I was, you know, I was coming from Europe and had a, had a tough year with Stefan the year before. So I just, you know, when I started, I'm like, you know, I didn't think much. I just uh, thought about, you know, go race and, and you know, wh- whoever is in front, you just need to catch him and, and get him. And that was, uh, that was my only point. I mean, it was like, you know, lift up your head, look ahead. If there's somebody there, you need to get him. That's right. the end of the story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Weege, I don't know. Uh, I doubt Seb remembers this, but how about his pass on Jeremy in the first moto? Ducking inside where no one recently had been going all day, it looked like it was like fresh sand. And you just, you just, you just, what you said, Seb, you just carved the new line mm-hmm. a- on the inside of Jeremy and got by him. You know, like it was like, wow, your, your corner speed was great. And, uh. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, no, it
2: was I think it was also the time where I think on Moto 1 Jeremy had a bike issue at the end or something when Moto 2
0: it. well, mo- reading back on it, he said he had a case uh, cracking in Moto 1 and then Moto 2 he had clutch problems that definitely affected him in Moto 2. He dropped he dropped back pretty far. But uh yeah. I don't know about the first moto. I I we already addressed this, Seb. We think you win anyways. We don't want to hear about these clutch problems and, and everything. We, we, we think. You...
2: <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: I mean, you were catching them. You know what I mean? No, like, no, so, I was catching them
2: yeah. for sure. But right. it was like, you know, the track, you know, I mean, as a rider, you know, some days you have things who, who fall into place without even, you know, thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And, and definitely it was one of these days because, you know, I was riding around. And I even passed, uh, I think it was Jimmy Button up on the hill. You know, he had the 450 and then had the two stroke and I still pass him up the hill pretty aggressively. Yep. Uh, It was a payback kind of thing, you know, situation. (laughs) Yeah, we saw that. He took you way wide.
0: Way wide. Earlier uh yeah yeah yeah
2: so i was like you know i was pretty pissed off on the same thing and i'm like you know i'm i'm if i get him i just you know get him you know right. if he doesn't back off too bad for him <laughs> <laughs> but you know it, it was one of these places where everything was falling into place you know even i passed uh, mike larocco i remember still and uh, i'm him like he, I was planning on going to the outside, and Mm -hmm. and I thought that was the best line. And and then he went from the inside, and I'm like, hey, you know, you you just give me the line. (laughs) And, you know, and and all the race was basically like this. You know, I got good lines, and I was feeling really good with it, and and the track was working for me. So it was like just natural
1: feel.
0: Uh, Weege, tell them what R. Ekman says on the broadcast.
1: What, about the LaRocco yeah, pass? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, it was Bailey. He's like, LaRocco's oh. a veteran. He's going to fight. It's going to be hard to, oh, he just passed him. He <laughs> <laughs> kept expecting someone would maybe battle you, and you were going by, like yeah. you said, anywhere. Anywhere yeah. on the track they were, you would just take a different line. Yep on straightaways you were just passing cuts on straightaways
0: yeah yeah
2: yeah no no it was it was like uh i gotta uh i mean the the track was flowing i mean for me I, I was able to to keep the momentum and it was not muddy but it was mm-hmm. you know off, sure yeah. at the same time and uh actually i think after that that race i never saw glen ellen in the in the same conditions hmm. uh even the year the the following year i think i won also there but the uh, the track had some uh, very hot uh, hot sections, and it was not as deep as as that that year. So I don't know if he had uh, some rain or something happened with the watering, and somebody kind of forgot it, or yeah, or what. But it was uh, it was deeper than usual. So for me, it fit, fit my style perfect.
0: You uh, you won a lot of races, uh, championships, and all that. Is this one special though for you? Was it, when you look back at your career, winning this one and going one one and. Making the statement an American motocross, you know, following your dream was this win, maybe a little bit more special than others.
2: I mean, it was, It is one of my special, uh, yeah. you know, memories. That's for sure. Is you know, I, I mean, the best memory that I have is uh, when I battled uh, Stefan in in Greece for the for the '98 World Championship. Yep. Uh, because it was, you know, there's a lot of things behind it. I mean, it was, uh, you know, the last moto was who win the last moto, win the championship Mm -hmm. uh, kind of situation. So that was a head-to-head until, you know, I think we had 16 rounds or 14 rounds, something like that. So you go up to the last moto. And we were tied, I think, in uh, moto wins also. So who win the last moto got everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was a pretty intense. And uh, that was really good. And um, that's number one. Number two will be Glen Ellen for sure. And uh, number three will be... um, even if i didn 't win uh, would, uh, would be uh, Rerez la frontera Motocross the nation in ninety six um, I love the track uh, America won actually yep, and I crashed twice at the start and I came back uh, second behind uh, lamy i was missing uh, i was missing some uh, some laps to to be able to get him, but I remember that track was amazing, so that's the that's my top three right
0: there. That's and funny. That's funny you say that because we at the start of this. Why again? We had talked about how you first came to us, our attention in I think it was Slovakia the year before Des Nations when yeah, true. You were mm-hmm. seventeen, whatever you were, and you basically did you beat Lammy? I think you beat him. Yeah. I yeah. Think-
2: yeah, I did. I remember he came back home and he says, a kid in PJ just beat me.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> because I was wearing Augsburg at Augsburg? the time. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Augsburg gear. And uh, they say, hey, you know, we we have all these gears out there and then you can pick whichever one you want and that's the one you're going to race, uh, you know, for the year. Mm-hmm. And that was like a bright yellow, uh, green and black. Mm-hmm. And I still remember, you know, and I'm like, "Yep." <laughs> what? And here, oh. and um, and I just got it, and then I'm like, uh, yeah, that's the gear, but it definitely look like PJs when you look back. <laughs> it, you're, you're like, right.
0: Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's when we first kind of heard uh, Sebastian Tortelli, right? It Was right, right then, and we're like, oh, okay, all right, you know. So, well, but yeah. it's
1: interesting hearing your uh, your Jerez story from '96 because, like, in United States, I don't think you could even see. Uh, motocross donations on tv so we only like heard what happened and it was like oh Lammy got revenge on that kid he beat him i don't think i knew about these crashes
0: yeah
2: yeah true i mean it's it's a fact he got me so that's no no problem (laughs) okay (laughs) he got a little help uh all
0: right yeah i don't think i've ever seen that race on video i don't think i've ever seen it i I, i've seen that i've seen your Cowie the year before in slovakia i I don't think i've ever seen spain on video so yeah, yeah interesting um, but,
2: uh, yeah, that year that was my first uh, Slovakia was my first year in the world championship I right. was uh, the year before I just finished second in the European championship so that was a big you know big step uh big step to go to uh, basically for me it was my first motocross nation mm-hmm. and and I tweaked my knee I think in practice and uh that was like uh, I was um, I was not even sure to race that race actually so it okay. was like oh, wow. yeah yeah it was kind of uh you know uh, I was working with uh, Jackie Vimond at the time and he, he taped my knee for the race and he said, just, you know, go out there, take, let, it, let it warm up and and see how you feel. And if you feel good, uh, how, the second half of the race, just go for it. And, uh, you know, I remember riding it and I'm like, you know, started and I was with Stefan Evers riding 125, Lamy was out there. And I'm like, you know, I'm with these guys and I'm like, you know, taking it easy and I'm like, well, I'm I'm staying with the guys. I was expecting right. to be dropped, and I'm like, hey, I'm staying with the guys. And uh, Lamy was riding sh- typical uh, U.S. style for for a European guy, for, like for me because that was yep. the first time. He was getting all the outside, wide open, you know, carrying all the momentum, and I'm like, I was like, I couldn't do it because my knee was not 100%, and I was like all inside, slower, and, but I was staying with them, and I'm like, well, that that could be something uh, possible, and. And I, I won the both models, And I was like, OK, that <laughs>
0: oh. it, it was actually amazing, oh, yeah. too, that you, you won Glenn Helen with Shane Drew somehow holding yeah. making that thing holding together. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> come on. Shane uh, yeah. was a good guy. Nah, he, yeah. he,
2: he was amazing. I mean, I got great memories with him and, and love the guy. And, and he, he, he's amazing. He, uh, he, I got great time with
0: him. He used to tell me the things that you would break or stretch on a motorcycle. And I'm just yeah, like, wow. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I mean, yeah. we uh, chain would have Not to change. Not crashing, he said. Not yeah, for crashing, yeah.
1: Just pushing hard, right?
0: Bending bars, yeah. bending foot peg mounts, like just from practicing, just absolutely, uh, Seb, just crushing it. So, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I got you know, I got better with time. I got a little bit lighter on my foot, on my feet, so that was a little bit better. But yeah, I was pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty heavy at
1: the beginning.
0: Um, <laughs> um, go ahead, we
1: Helen yeah. race at the. When it's over, I mean, this is a dominant ride. You're coming from 19th or so and you win both motos. How did you keep yourself on the ground? So like not like mentally, because it seemed like after the race, you were saying a lot of, hey, it's only round one. It's only round one. How did you keep yourself from being overconfident? Like, oh, these nationals are going to be easy.
2: Uh, I mean, from experience, you know, I know it's never easy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's never easy. You, You never got an easy championship and uh you know maybe it was for me it was a good ride good day but my start sucked you know and then i'm like you know you need to work on that you need to be able to to be out there because you know maybe you got everybody surprised and they are still coming out from supercross and maybe they don't have the time so i'm like a season is always long you know and even if that season was a really good season for me until uh, i crashed and and got injured um but it was uh still you know a lot of things for me to to work out i mean i was the first year i didn't know most of the track so it was always a full discovery for me going to the tracks even if honda was was really good at you know trying to do the the saturday races mm-hmm. or friday races when we could to to get me on the track to to know it so that was like you know that was. Always a good season. I mean, Honda was, you know, you look at them the first race, you see Honda will got the championship, no problem. The first five riders were Honda. Yeah, uh, yeah. And you're like, yeah. how, how can Honda goes and not get the championship?
1: Yeah, Albi is nowhere Albie. to be seen. He has a bad starts. He he goes down a bunch. Um, but he eventually wins the title. Did you and Albie have much history or were your paths never crossing because of the age difference and what classes you were in?
2: Um, no, we never cross uh, mm-hmm. cross race because um actually, when I was coming to the world championship, he was leaving the world championship mm-hmm. and uh i mean he, he got the the european the one twenty five uh, world championship then moved to two fifty and battled with Stefan for many years and and, and beat him and one on the other guy also beat Stefan, so that was like he left to the U.S. before I could be in the in the pro scene, so that was like I, I knew of Albi, of course, and especially because he was uh, with Jan de Groot, uh, mm-hmm. who was my team manager at Kawasaki, and he was racing for him. So definitely, I knew everything about Albi, and um, we had the same basically team team manager. So it was a good uh, good experience, but it was um, you know. I mean, for me, racing with him was—I um, I didn't see him at the beginning of the year, and he came strong after, and, and he had uh, better stats than me for sure. Mm-hmm. And I helped help him get the, the points, and until my injury, I think I had a really comfortable uh, lead. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I was—I mean, it was supposed to be my year, but um, I collided with uh, with Doug Henry, and I uh, end things, you know. But you know, it's it's the same thing when you start in the back and. And you have to pass guys. You have more more chances of getting hurt, and that's what happened.
0: That was second moto at Unadilla, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Second moto at Unadilla, uh, colliding with Henry, and yeah, that was a wrist, right?
1: Uh, yeah, left wrist yeah. dislocated. Yeah. Yep. 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 yep.
0: Um, yeah. I-
1: starts. Um. Just was there concrete starts every round? Was that always the problem, or is just starts in general, no matter what track? No, actually, my
2: my concrete start was definitely not a not a great thing for me, but I got away with it, but the, some, something was different for me. I had um, had a good start with Kawi's and something in the clutch, I couldn't never feel comfortable with the clutch on the Honda. And um, I uh, we tried many things. We tried different levers. We tried different angles for, for the release of the clutch. I mean, diff, different things to get it. But I, I, for some reason that year with the Honda, I couldn't, I couldn't get a start the way the clutch was acting. And when I switched to Suzuki, that changed completely because I was able to start properly at that time. But for some reason, the way it was with the 250 two-stroke, I couldn't get it. I could get the 450 for, uh, mm-hmm. four-stroke because mm-hmm. we, I did all the testing in Japan and, and the first race with the 450 um, out there in Japan, and no problem with the starts. But on the two-stroke 250 uh, uh, CRF, I could, um, CR, I couldn't do it. I, I didn't know something was – I was not matching with it.
0: Uh, I blame I blame Shane Drew. I'll blame Shane Drew on this. Uh, he, it was his clutch problem that was was an issue. So, um, yeah, it was pretty remarkable summer for sure. It was it was a tight battle. Uh, definitely could have been yours, Seb, without the injury. I, I believe that too. You were kind of getting better and better uh, as the season went on. Um, it, and it was a real real um, eye opener, I think, for a lot of people. That was like, well, Weech. I mean, you were scared of Tortelli. Because you, I,
1: I, I was. I, I said earlier in the show, Seb, I was just a teenage American, so I was super biased, and I was like. Once this French guy moves to the United States, he's going to kill everybody every week. I was scared. I'm just telling you, dude. I was scared of you. I'm like we're dead. Yeah. yeah. Then and then after this race, I'm like, see, I told you, we're dead. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, no, but uh, you got RC who came back the, the following year, so that was that was good. You got me quite a bit.
1: Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and, and another. not think RC would be that good on a 250? That was what everybody was banking on.
2: Yeah. No, yeah. no, for sure. But you know, we got some epic fights, and, and mm-hmm. to come back to the race, definitely. Uh, Redbird was one of my epic rides with him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Passing yeah. In and running out of gas was uh, it was uh, all a, a, a dream and a nightmare.
0: <laughs> <laughs> People forget, man. You were leading the points that summer. It was tight, but you were leading the points halfway through the nationals. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, over course. Ricky. Like I, I think that's that's forgotten in motocross history. You know, because of the running out of gas and then and then other issue. Yeah. But yeah, you yeah, were right there. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, you know, some, you know, things uh, happen for, uh, for a reason sometimes, but it was not my time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was his, not mine.
0: Wow. <laughs> that uh, uh, no,
2: Ellyn, you know, Glen I still remember uh, getting some beers also after, you know, uh, like uh, getting some guys to throw beer at me. I, I got a few of them, that's no, for sure. Oh, okay. Oh,
0: Nice. You oh, mean they, drinking beers like party?
2: Re- I got a nice refreshment every, uh, some laps. <laughs> ah,
0: <laughs> really? So people, people were throwing are beers are you on you? Wow,
2: I mean, I think you know, I was the, I was again the the first French guys who are coming back after GMB and, yep. and GMB didn't give a good, you know, marks in the taste uh, for for a lot of people mm-hmm. the way it was and and people didn't know me, you know, yet and uh, they didn't you know who I was and they just got the image of uh, of uh, Jeremy and and that was it, you know, yep. and that that was the only race where it happened, but uh, after that, you know, I, I guess uh, you know my. My personality fitted uh, pretty good with the, uh, the guys and, and fans mm-hmm. and everything. So everything went very smooth and, and got a lot of people. And that was super nice. But that first race, I guess the, lot, some people got, <laughs>
0: used
2: <to it> <laughs> got used to it, I guess.
0: Yeah, well, you, you, I mean, beating the king, passing the king on his home turf. Yeah, by the, not being American, not, not, uh, not, not really enjoying <laughs> that. Yeah, I somehow. didn't get the good stripe that day. Right, <laughs> right, was.
1: right. What was the podium like? Were, were, they, were they not cheering or were they booing? When you're on the podium, uh,
2: I don't remember. You know, oh, okay, I, uh, it was uh, no, no. I think the people who stayed were 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 happy about the race, and I think they liked the race because I, at least uh, they get some action going on, yeah.
1: and that was not dull that day, so that was good. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Hey, uh, you mentioned that hand injury you had coming in. You you're running one hand guard in this race. Was that's the, the reason? Yeah. I thought so. Was that the reason why? Yeah, yeah my left hand. Uh,
2: yeah, I messed up my my fingers and and wrist on the left side, so that's why.
0: Wow. Uh, yeah, uh what a ride. Um amazing, amazing, amazing ride. And uh we're we're super stoked to uh talk about it here on the Leit re uh podcast. Uh as I said, Seb, I'll never forget it. I've brought it up, you know, twenty times. We each can attest to this. I brought it up twenty five mm-hmm. times over the years <laughs> that I cannot believe how well you rode that day. It was just on another level, uh coming from where you were uh off the starts, you know. Um it was amazing. Yeah.
2: Yep. No, no, it was. Uh, I think, like I said, the line, the stars were aligned that day, and then that was uh, that was good. You know, everything went smooth, and yeah, I mean, it's um, for sure great memories. I still remember the gear I was wearing and and all that stuff, and you know, it, it, it was it was good. You yep. know, and and from from that day actually on, Glen Ellen always has been like I was. You know, even if the track on on the Thursday was mm-hmm. was pretty dry and, and slippery and everything. It was always a good. I was always happy, you know. Always happy to go to Ellen and ride it, and right. you know, just because of a memory. And and that happens a lot, you know. When when your man mind, uh, mind is set and and you know that is a great place, you you never had any uh,
1: you know anything goes wrong out there. Yeah. It was always good. Yeah, right. it's weird. You you had this amazing run, and then I look the next week, Hangtown. You went seven. Their next race at Hangtown. I don't know if there was a week in between, but. You went seven five, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> How did yeah, that one
2: go? It was a bad start, and and yep. that's that's where it went bad. You know, get came back from the back, and yep. and I, I think that was the race where it was so hot. I think we got like hundred degrees, and the guy were passing out at the end of the motos okay. and everything. Yeah, it was it was pretty pretty harsh one.
1: I think what that, you couldn't just come from twentieth to first every single moto <laughs> all year. <Come> on. <laughs> <laughs> Depend
2: of the track, you know. You gave me a few tracks like Red Bird and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I could do quite a bit. You know, when the track okay. was rough, it was okay. But that, uh, I think, that track was, uh, you know, it was not as deep as they uh, they used to do it now. I think they were more hot pack and and things like that on on these.
0: Did you uh, did you get along with Pichon? He was on your team. He was a French guy. Did you guys get along? Yeah, yeah very yep. good, very well. Yep.
2: you know, I mean. We, uh, I'm, I'm still a very great friend with uh, with Mikael, and our daughters are almost uh, are the same age, so they they get along pretty good. So for sure, and uh, no, no, I had a I had a great experience with Mikael. That's uh, for me. I mean, I know he came out, you know, rough and all yeah. the edges, and and, and uh, you know that was pretty crazy. Some some, some stuff that happened out there, but uh, no, with Mikael uh, we were training actually uh, quite a bit together. You know, it was. Definitely better than me in supercross, and and I, I could learn from him. And outdoors, we rode together until the the second race. So, for sure, it was um, for me. No, he was he was a great teammate. And and to be actually honest, you know, we we were teammate again in the last year we raced yeah. together. Yeah, in, uh, in KTM. In, yeah, and, KTM. Uh, yeah. yeah, KTM. When I came back to Europe for that year, and and it was like you know, no, everything was uh, super cool. I mean, we, we used to play chess together.
0: No, oh, so jeez! Sure. <laughs> 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 wow, uh, I'm guessing that doesn't happen too much in American motocross, but uh... <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, that's I remember the testing at Ezra's place in uh, in Bainbridge, in Georgia, uh-huh. and uh, the the evening were pretty long, so so we got you know we got to play uh, chess or cards with the with the the girls, and that was good.
0: Oh, good. Uh, anything else, Weej?
2: Well,
1: uh, yeah, just update us on what you're doing now. You're in Spain these days.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm in
2: Spain. So I mean, traveling quite a bit, you know, between France and Italy and and Germany. I, I train a kid in rides supercross and uh, hopefully in a couple of years he will be coming to the US. be so oh. a thing, a German kid. And um and then I got a couple riders who ride, the, you know, the the French championships or the uh, the world championship. So, um just you know staying active in in, in the more cross industry. Didn't get a chance to come back uh, to the US. You know, I came in a couple of times to visit some friends, but that was uh, that was pretty short. So uh, hopefully in the, in the near future, I'll be able to come back for sure. And when, you know, things get a little bit more easy for traveling for sure, yeah. there will really be something happening.
0: Uh, and uh, also, too, do you think that maybe the beginning of your, your injuries uh, in America started when you started riding with JT all the time? Because that's what we think. We think JT was, you know, maybe holding you back a little bit at times.
2: <laughs> JT was amazing, but uh, it was not uh, dealing with him. Okay. Sure. No, 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 Because my injury started when I was on the on the West Coast until I moved to Florida. No,
0: nah, it was, was JT. It, to was, to all to it to JT. was all JT. He was that's holding fine, you JT. up. JT. Yeah. JT.
2: No, no. I got a great time with JT and... And it was awesome
0: when we you guys there. when you guys practice together, Seb, You know how they do it now. They they always start first, right? The, the slower guy starts first, and then the, the the guy chases them down, right? That's how they do at the Baker's Factory and stuff. Did you yeah. give him like a minute or two minute lead? Like what? How long of a lead did you <laughs> well, give our buddy JT? You know, to be
2: honest, I don't remember. <laughs> but, I mean, we were lucky. I mean, the the property had a nice super a motocross track and supercross track, so it was it was a perfect fit for both of us. You know, I had somebody to to train with and and j t is a great guy, I mean always you know happy and and we were doing you know training physical or he was a little bit more lifting weight than i I did. He was a little bit stronger than me right uh, for sure definitely he and uh but our were were amazing
0: and then did you ever feel sorry for him and jump on his Husqvarna at all? At ever? No, 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 <laughs> no,
2: no, no, no. I was, I was great where I was.
0: I that poor Husqvarna, awesome. Jesus. But I
2: mean, uh, he, he switched the. Uh, I think the, uh, when the 450 Honda came off, he switched to the 450 Honda, and that was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I was, I was sad to still be on the 250, and he was on the
0: 450. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, awesome. Uh, well, great stuff, Seb. Thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate it. I know it's later there in, in Spain. Uh, I'm glad you're doing well. Always nice to catch up with you at the Geneva and Paris and these type of races. And, uh, yeah, maybe we'll see you in Supercross back here helping somebody one day. That'd be yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, maybe.
2: Some days we'll see. That's uh, you know a couple years ahead, but that's definitely possible.
0: Awesome. Well, right. thanks, Seb. Thanks for your time and and uh, hey, anytime. And great day.
2: Thank you. Have a good day. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye.
0: That's Sebastian Tortell, everybody. Uh, he just Weege. He's so classy. He just would not throw an insult to our buddy JT. I tried. I I tried hard, <laughs> but
1: he's <laughs> the one minute, two minute. He couldn't remember. No, he couldn't remember. No, oh, no. And, and even
0: and wouldn't it. even talk bad about the Husqvarna. Just just nothing. Just Seb, no. classy.
1: Nope. And he that's why i asked him the question about how did you stay grounded it this was his first national in the u.s ever mm-hmm. and he blew everybody away and somehow he did not get cocky or overconfident yeah. with yep. that he was still like ah maybe i caught him by surprise maybe yep. i just like the track i would think for most riders that would be hard to not be like well first time i ever raced these uh, guys <laughs> uh, i killed them all right. this is easy
0: Yep, yep. And look, yeah, uh, yeah, he just – it's funny, though, to look back, Weege. Again, we talk about this on our Elite Reraceable other ones. Your memory has a different – sometimes you have different memories of what actually happened. Going back and looking at Seb's 99 season, that was the only race he won. And I swore he would have won another one along the way. I know he didn't dominate, but – I just looked, at him am like... Yeah, it was,
1: it was eh. really weird. Uh, it was a dogfight, and I guess for him, yes, the starts were bad all the time, so that was holding him back, but that deep field that I mentioned at the beginning, yeah. like, other guys were jumping in there and getting wins. Albie, uh I think Alby. remember, I remember him saying, Alby went down in the first turn in three of the first four motos, then high point, I was there at high point, and, dude, Albie's 1-1 there. It wasn't quite 20 at the first, but it was a dominant. Yep. You're like, whoa, yep. Alby's going to be heard from, and then at one point, Henry... With nothing on the line, way out of the title. Hey, I'm just here as a farewell tour. Even Henry caught fire halfway I, through. I don't want
0: to talk about. Motors. I don't want to talk about Doug Henry in this summer, this year, because because uh, he he was on a farewell tour. Yes, he had no intentions of actually, you know, trying to do that well. Right, he was in yeah. a motorhome, and, and, and whatever. I'm get, you know, it's fine. I, I'm not coming down on that part, but my guy Tim Ferry would catch him on that four stroke, and then they, Tim Timmy would be all over him coming into a turn. And then Doug would just pull away out of the turn. And then Timmy had to work his <laughs> balls off to catch up to him. And then just Doug would just be like inside to inside. See you later. Use the four stroke power to pull away. I was so mad at so many times, but, um, but yeah, but then
1: it, at, uh, it was Kenworthy's Henry just goes one, one. Yep. Like, ah, I'm just going to get a, a win today. So the yep. series was up yep. and down. Yeah. The Rocco in there and lost Larry
0: Ward was good. Um, yep. Yep. It, yep. Was, it was, it was all over the place. And, also, too, uh, uh, Red Dog, we we got picked up by Chaparral. Speaking of Jeremy McGrath, got picked up by Chaparral uh, for round three at High Point. Um, And then Timmy went 11-11, 11-11, went and then his first race on a Chaparral bike, 6-6 at High Point, I believe. So, yeah, that was cool. Well,
1: I remember the uh, the great Keith McCarty actually saying that they knew how many positions he would gain if he was on, Uh, I, I don't know, can you call it, it was a bit of a factory bike? Uh, not the full.
0: not really. Yes. We, yeah, it was a piece. Mitch did the cylinders. And yep. heads and uh, you know Ross did this stuff, but it was better suspension than what we had. Um, so yeah. yeah, it was it wasn't a factory bike by any means. But um, but uh, it was Keith better.
1: McCarty's saying we yep. knew he would gain five positions or whatever uh. it was. And it's, that's exactly what he did.
0: Keith, just a genius, yeah. just a genius. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we, I got to ride on the Chaparral team, and Jeremy came back for Washougal that year. Wasn't planned. He came yeah. back to ride Washougal that year, and I was uh, just in the truck with Jeremy McGrath, and I was like, I cannot believe this. This is the most coolest thing ever in my life. Uh, just, uh, you know, and, and it was pretty neat. So, uh,
1: Well, another, to go back to that McGrath thing, when he gets the lead in these motos, and again, this television coverage is a far cry from what we have now. And I yeah. know people will say that today's TV coverage is lacking also, but if you go back and watch this, they didn't even do it the same way. It was a bunch of guys, a bunch of cameramen shooting, and then they'd mail tapes back to Georgia and then take all the tape and piece it together to put a race on TV the next week. It wasn't even close to the way we do it now where we do it live. But as bad as the – and you could – dude, some of the camera angles, you're seeing like the heads of fans, right? And yeah. like You could barely even see the riders. But one thing that still came clear, when McGrath takes the lead in these motos, the crowd is going crazy. Yeah,
0: yeah. He's also one of the you – know, there's a double out there that he's doing that not many yeah. guys are getting over. It's kind of like a two-round humps, right? Like Not like a peaky double. I don't even know if it was meant to be, and he's jumping that. People are freaking out, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah he was the guy, uh, uh, yeah. no doubt. Um, yep. and, and, and yeah, what a ride by Seb, though. Just just amazing. Just great, great work by Tortelli that day.
1: If you would have told anybody that after that one, he would not win another race for the rest of the year. And, yes, he did eventually get hurt at Unadilla, but that is – How many rounds here? Yeah, nine. One, two, three, four, five. Five more races passed uh, before he got hurt. So the next five, he did not win any of them. I I mean, I'm thinking, what is he going to win? 20 motos this year? We didn't think (laughs) 24-0 was possible at this time. Right,
0: right, right. 20 at the first. Wait, Unadilla wasn't that It was. See, maybe my memory is going again. So that that wasn't, how many rounds was that? It
1: wasn't the time that Unadilla is now. It's a good month earlier. Um,
0: Seventh round. Yeah, so there was five left. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah. Yep, I yep. definitely would have thought that it was uh, later to the season than that. I remember thinking he was going to win it. Like I remember, again, memories yeah. are funny. But I'm thinking to myself, he's the fastest guy. Like Turtelli's going to get this. Like, yes, bad starts and yes, some crashes, but eventually this dude is the fastest dude. He's ripping through the pack every week. He's going to get win yeah. this title. And then obviously that yeah. injury, you know. But um,
1: right, anyway. Al- Albie yeah. will argue to the, to the death on that though.
0: Yeah, he probably would. Yep. Um, yep. Funny to hear Seb talk about Jeff Stanton's place and oh. and what shape he was in. I can attest oh. for this. In 02, uh. working for Nick Way. So three years later, I go to Jeff Stanton's place for the summer with Nick Way a bunch. And Jeff is as fast as Nick. Nick is a 7th to 10th place guy in the Nationals. Jeff's b- been retired for eight years. Eight years? Eight years. What? And he's as fast serious? as Nick. Yes. Yes. It's so amazing. he would have
1: eight years past his retirement been top 10
0: hundred percent, a hundred percent. He was still, I mean, it was his track. He knew it well, but still, I, I he was six time. I mean, you know, look, dude, they sent guys to Stanton's house for years. Yogi went there, mm-hmm. you know, uh, LaRocco uh, went there. Um, who did they send? Wyndham's been there a bunch. Like, it was almost yep. like, hey, things aren't going well. We're going to send you to Stanton's. <laughs> That's
1: right. You know, it's true. Yep. It's true. Yep. 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 So, uh, um, it was, uh, it was amazing. Yeah. Cause one other guy to mention here, that Honda, um, situation. So McGrath leaves before 97 variety of reasons. Um, one of them being that first aluminum frame bike is kind of legendarily bad now. Um, although Steve, if you had a fresh, crisp, clean looking 97 CR 250 and you put a picture of it on Instagram, what would the reaction
0: be? People love it. Yeah. People freak out. Yeah. Oh, badass. Yeah, uh, that. yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. The crappiest, worst two-stroke ever. You put a picture of a good one on Instagram. Best bike ever. Yep. So that was part of the reason McGrath left, but there were some contractual things. I mean, what wasn't the story like they wanted to own more of his likeness and, and things like that.
0: Right. And, and then also, Drew was supposed to be his mechanic, so again, I think Shane Drew was one of the reasons why Jeremy left Honda. I like to tell Shane that. Every oh, time is that I what you like it. to say?
1: Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, point is, yep. McGrath leaves right before 97. Honda doesn't even have a chance to really sign anybody. So it's like, 98, we're coming back. They sign Lusk. He goes head-to-head with uh, McGrath quite a bit. Uh, but McGrath ends up getting a Supercross title anyway. So then it's like, all right, fine. We're bringing back Yogi. And we're bringing back every other dude we can find. We're going to sign Wyndham. We're going to bring Tortelli over from Europe. We're going to bring Perchon, Yeah. Uh, LaRocco, you're getting factory stuff. We have to beat this guy. Yep. Uh, the, the money and motivation that Honda must have had in 99, uh, and, and you saw it in this one brief race, where they went one, two, three, four, five.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was it was a power team, and I remember they had the commercials, right? They had a cool commercial. They had the Red yeah, Rider cool, ads cool. in the magazines, to pull out ads and stuff. It was really, really cool. Good, good marketing. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh,
1: and I remember uh, this is part of the reason I got hired. Every RacerX. I would I would write these stories for nothing, like for not even to put anywhere. I was just doing it, and I would send <laughs> uh, Davey and uh, Brian Staley, who was kind of the the the, the I don't know. I couldn't even say boss at the time because I don't think Racer X was organized enough to even have like a hierarchy <laughs> right. ranking. Uh, but it was like Davey and then this guy, Brian. Um, and I would send Brian these, these newsletters uh, at the end of certain races. And I wrote this whole thing about how like single handedly McGrath and Supercross and Albie Outdoors managed to beat all five of these guys. And if it wasn't for those two, it would have been an unbelievably dominant season for Honda, except these two guys, one on each brand. And uh, I don't know. I eventually yeah. led to, hey, do this, do that. And then it took two more years, but I eventually got hired there. But oh, I remember these races well.
0: Another uh, another funny story I remember, just remembered right now, because they, they just sh- – shout out to uh, myself. They showed me on the line next to uh, Renard with Timmy, by the way, on, in this in this Oh, broadcast. I was looking. I didn't, I didn't yeah. realize that. Oh, yeah. No, oh, I was there. Wow. Uh, I had a vented number plate on Timmy's bike because I thought it was cool because people had vented number plates around yeah. this time. The bottom half of the number plate was vented. And I remember he ate so much dirt at Glen Helen, the filter was so bad because it was just going right through the plate underneath the tank, oh. right in the airbox. So I was like, Oh, I should wow. probably put the regular plate on because this dude is sucking dirt badly. Uh so yeah, I remember that. I remember thinking like oh But this- that
1: became the real trend for a little while. It did,
0: it did, yeah. They came back. They they were in the seventies, it was everywhere in the seventies, right? And then yeah. uh yeah, I came back for that. So I remember if think- I remember
1: right. You remember Southwick ninety eight where uh, Carmichael's bike blew up? Yep. I swear it was the next weekend that everybody's like, all right, we're going to the vented plates. Carmichael's bike blew up. And it just became the, yeah, the thing.
0: Yeah, Maybe. Maybe. Yep. Uh, uh, yep. But I remember thinking about that and seeing Red Dog and being like, that one probably wasn't a good idea. He ate so much roost that day. But uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, li- thanks to Liet, uh for coming on board the podcast. Uh, Liat.com for more information on that, whether it's uh, the goggles, head to toe. they got you covered, everything. They make it all. And protection line as well for mountain bike stuff and for dirt bike stuff. So they do a great job. Blends all Max's tires as well on board of this podcast. Uh, again, if you want a discount from Liat, use the contact form on com. We'll get you uh, what you need for that. And also, um, uh, we're giving away Blenzol uh, two-stroke or four-stroke oil. Use the contact form again. Put Blenzol in the subject line, and we'll give you uh, some some oil from the folks at Blenzol and uh, everything else. So thanks to those guys for coming on board. So, Lee at Re-Raceables, um 125. I didn't watch it. You didn't watch it. But Ricky Carmichael goes 1-1. Nick Way, 3-3. 6-2 for a guy named Talon Voland, who was uh, coming back from uh, Europe on the FMF Honda.
1: Yeah, that was really the story of this. It was the rebirth of Lone Wolf in the United States. Um, so he had raced GPs for a while. And, a while? Like 10 years. Uh, yeah, good point. Actually, yeah, yeah, probably most of the 90s. Um, and then the FMF Honda team, Steve, thoughts?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I wasn't no longer there, but it was still terrible. Uh, the bikes, <laughs> the well, and Honda... Partly because of the Honda frame, went to aluminum frame in 98 for the 125, and it cut off yeah. the air boot intake. Uh, the bike was slow. This summer, later on this summer, Talon would go and get a motor from uh, an Italian company of a guy he yeah. knew in Europe and start running that. Uh, Tom Wallace was Talon's mechanic, but then Talon started putting his brother in the mechanic signal area. It, it was, it was uh, falling apart, uh, the team and Talon and, and all of that, uh, so much so right. that, that, that Lone Wolf would get a pro circuit ride the next year. So, but uh, there but was he
1: challenged. He and even, yep. dude, he passed Carmichael briefly in the yep. second moto, and uh, people must have been losing their minds. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was uh, it was a big thing. Nick Way, though, shout out Nick Way three three for second yeah. overall. Our buddy yeah. Nick, it's good. Uh, it's uh, good, good job for him. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the one twenty five race from the uh, from the day, and the the two fifty race again. Tortelli one one, larocco nine two for second, Bashan three seven for third. Yogi eight three Rhino five six Damon Huffman first race back from a uh, uh, first outdoor national I should say um, uh, for him at Cowie because he broke his leg before ten four Yep Fro seven yep. eight Alby eight nine like you said so uh, yeah results all over the map a little bit on this one um, Wyndham Wyndham had a bad field. race Wyndham f- pulled out of Moto one with an injury right so
1: yeah he got hit he was leading for a while uh, McGrath got him and again I I I know I'm going way too heavy in this McGrath stuff but McGrath Passes him by just, like, hammering one of the downhills. Like, there was a down and up, yep. as uh, Ardekman called it, a banana. And uh, it wasn't like McGrath was using supercross skills. Like, he was just good uh, yeah. outdoors. Yep. He passes Wyndham for the lead. Then Wyndham, in the cycle news story, says Wyndham got hit in the leg, like, with his handlebar to the thigh. Yeah. And uh, that came back to haunt him, because then Wyndham started winning races and catching or getting into a battle with Albi and Tortelli in the points. And then it was like, Dude, if you didn't DNF that moto at Glen Helen, yeah. who knows? Yeah,
0: who knows? Yeah. Um, yep. Six Japanese riders in the in the 250 class. <laughs> six <laughs> Japanese riders in the results. They they used to come over, do WashuGo, do maybe Glen Helen, and, and six of them. So they don't count in the elite re-raceables categories, I don't think, as who's that guy. We can't really. Oh, okay. I mean, you too, can too if you good. want, but. Too good? I just think we, yeah, it's too easy, right? So. Okay.
1: Uh, how how all over it was Jim Holly with those various programs.
0: Oh God, right. I imagine he was running everywhere for everybody. But Kokita uh, was his main guy then. 2018 for Kokita on the day. No word if Jim okay. made him jog back from Glen Helen back to uh, <laughs> back to where Jim lives. Um, but um, all right, uh, shall we do categories? Is it time?
1: Uh, yeah, let's do it
0: at re-raceable's categories. Uh, who really run the way? Won the race? Uh, it's got to be Seb. He won the race, oh, but he stop. really won anybody, the
1: race. anybody do not argue that.
0: Yeah, I mean this is yeah. it. it. The stamping of this. Uh, this was the dominant ride. Um, it, the winner of the of the category of who won the race isn't always the race winner, but not in this case. So you you're with me on that.
1: Yes, we we often we try not to pick the race winner. But in this case, when you go from 20th to 1st against, like, 15 legends, yep. uh, you're the race winner.
0: Yep. Uh, Lit yep. Kid Award, I'm sorry, I'm going Seb again. I mean, No Fear debuted their gear this year. This was the No Fear gear debut 99. It looked amazing. Jeremy looked great. Uh, and Seb, as he mentioned, red, white, and uh, No Fear stuff. Uh, Seb's elbows up style. Uh, yep, Seb, Seb Tortelli for me, Lit Kid Award.
1: Yeah, I mean, no fear really had it dialed when they came on the scene. It probably didn't hurt that they had, you know, like the best dudes, like they had Seb Windham and McGrath, so very stylish riders. I don't want to pick the same as you, so I'll just go MC. But uh, no fear was absolutely on their game. Yeah,
0: yeah, you can, I can't argue with with that either. Um, where's JT? He uh, no, he no, didn't no qualify. Doubt. He did not qualify. Uh, His bike broke, he said. Uh, there's an LCQ, too. He failed to mention what happened in that one, um, or maybe the bike broke in the LCQ. I don't know. But uh, he was listed is in that Cycle Husqvarna News. Days? What?
1: Is that Husqvarna days?
0: No, 99. He's on a Yamaha. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, they do list uh, some notables in Cycle News that didn't qualify. Phil Lawrence didn't qualify. Wow. Uh, Factory Phil's number 37 this year on a Moto Triple X uh, Suzuki. Factory Phil didn't make the moto. Uh, Paul Curry didn't make the motos. Like, big-time guys, because uh, cause these are type of the races, the Glen Helen, where guys would just show up and do one, because they were SoCal guys, you know? And then you had yeah. six Japanese dudes, so. Yep. Um, so where's JT? Not qualifying on this day. Um, mm. Who's that guy award? I mean, there's a lot. You can do the Japanese guys, but honestly, for me, and shout-out to Mike Healy. Long What's past my- his prime, Mike Healy, 40-31 on the day.
1: That is nuts. Yeah. I probably ten years past his peak when he was racing GPS, and apparently he won a moto at Still City. I don't even understand. You know, one of the all-time mysteries.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Sorry, um, Mike Healy. If you if you if you come over from Europe now and show up at an AMA National and win a moto, uh, you will be making hundreds of thousands of dollars starting the next week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so for Back me, then it was like, ah,
1: good. Nah, nothing.
0: If I discount the, uh, the Japanese guys, who I know some of them, but not all of them, I, I got to go with Frank Mercano from Goleta, California, 35-34. I've never heard of Frank. No idea. Frank raced four nationals in his life. <laughs> Hangtown, Troy, Washugal, Glen Helen. Again, I know nothing about Frank Mercano. Uh, that's my who's that guy.
1: Yeah, and I will echo that. I'm going to go with 37th overall. Probably a good battle. With Frank McConnell, Andy Anaya.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. Okay. I, I could have gone with Andy, 30, too.
1: 37 35. Yes. McConnell edges him 34th in Moto 2, Anaya 35th. And uh, Andy Anaya raced here and uh, Hangtown the next week, and those were his lone appearances. So those are the two races he must have qualified for. Yeah. You make a 40 man mortal,
0: you're a bad dude. So shout out to those guys. Uh, also, I bet
1: you, there's tons of people in Southern California. They're like, yeah, I watch those guys race every yep, weekend. Yep
0: um yeah. ted campbell i traveled a lot with ted this year in the mm. nationals and uh, supercross uh thirty nine forty on the day for ted we nicked him we nicknamed him the shadow um i don't know why but fernet and i oh, did don't know why oh and my buddy fernet wow. didn't make the motos either talk about notables um he didn't make the motos oh. either so mm. and he was a guy like in 97 he'd gotten 13th overall a couple times so he was a pretty good rider but in 99 glenn helen it was a stacked field so he didn't make it Jacob Marsack Award. This award, of course, is for the guy who did the best that you uh, have no idea and you've never really talked about before. Uh, and if you look back at the at the at the result, you'd be like, "Huh, wow, look at that." Uh, do you have somebody for this week?
1: Yeah. Now you're probably going to say because you're very difficult to pin down on the rules for these categories. Yeah, not they're just they're, on the they're a moving opinion.
0: target. Yeah, they're a moving target.
1: The the one watching this race back, the performance that stands out to me that I did not remember was Damon Huffman was like. Dude, battling for the lead, running second for a long time, mm-hmm. second moto. Uh, I think that was his only good moto all year that year. Uh, he went ten four for sixth overall, but uh, he was battling for a podium most of the way. And the rest of the summer, I think, was terrible for Huffman.
0: Yeah, I don't remember how it was. It, it, again, it was his first year in two fifties because he had broke his leg. He was the hot signing for Cowie, right? Three year deal, big big deal for him. Um,
1: it did not. It did not work as planned.
0: You're right. You know, I don't really remember.
1: Well, I'm going to look back here for the rest of 99 for him. I see that he's, like, 16th overall at uh, Hangtown. But uh, in this moto, like, he passes button. He's Mm -hmm. running second and, like, keeping McGrath honest for the lead for, like, a good part of the moto. And you're like, oh, maybe he just fades. He gets fourth. He's battling with, like, LaRocco right to the end. You're like, "Uh uh-huh.
0: Yeah, Damon Damon Huffman. Huffman.
1: (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, obviously, dude, you coming out of 95 when he won the back to back 125 titles, 96, 97. I mean, I thought Damon Huffman was going to be as good as McGrath. I'm just saying by 99, especially outdoors, I thought that was uh, a better ride than I remember.
0: Well, I'll go 125 class. I'll, I'll do better. Bud, Budman gets eighth oh. in Moto 1 in 99.
1: Arena cross Budman.
0: This is Arena cross Budman. He doesn't come you know. back to Suzuki Nationals until what? Oh,
1: Three oh uh, I think, yeah.
0: Whatever wow. year where you're still bitter about the Lolo's thing. Um Yes. But but so Budman, Arena Cross, probably not in the greatest of shape back then, you know, for nationals, for for yes. Motocross, and yes. he go he gets yep. eighth in Moto one, and and you know, this is a Budman who had probably last raced the Nationals in ninety four, ninety three?
1: You know? Yeah, there was one year the uh that the the ashes of the Great Western Bank team, where it was like a privateer. I think he got like fourth. Oh yes, ninety six. Like I'm series. sorry, yes,
0: fourth. Yeah, you're right. So 96. Yeah, but
1: that's that's three years before that.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Full arena cross focus. I'm assuming he's just like ah, Glenn Hillen's nearby. I'll go race it.
0: I, I would assume, right? I would assume yeah. that that would be uh kind of what he was thinking. So if you yeah. go look at here, um. Uh, Actually, he rides the year before. He gets 10th overall in 98 at Glen Helen, too. All right. Well, I don't know. It doesn't really work wow, out that then. Is...
1: So we had an Arena Cross and Outdoors. Versus,
0: uh... Arena Cross and Glen Helen uh, deal, apparently, for, for Budman for many years. That was it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Huh. All right. So who knew? Maybe I'm maybe I'm off then for Budman uh, for, that, for that category. Um,
1: I went back. I'm looking at Huffman's overalls here. After this, it's... Seventeenth, Fourteenth, Eighth, Fifteenth, Tenth, Seventeenth, Thirteenth, Ninth, Eleventh, Thirteenth, Thirteenth. Those are his overalls Jeez. for the rest of the year. Timmy was so,
0: Timmy was better than him.
1: Yeah, it was not good, man. I, and I was just disappointed because I uh, I was biased against Seb because I was an American, but I don't think I've ever admitted this one. Uh, my first quad I was only allowed to have quads growing up was a, was a Suzuki. So I spent most of my life wishing that someone on Suzuki would finally be good. And, uh, there was a long time, Steve, I don't know if you remember, where yeah. that was not happening.
0: Yep. yep. So
1: every one of those 125 Suzuki guys, I'd be like, this is this is the guy that's going to bring him back. Uh, so I was a big Huffman fan, even when he left and went to Cowie. but it kept not happening. Uh, both Damons. Remember Bradshaw was back at 1.2 and I'm like, I can't, why are both of these Damons just not like, come on, <laughs> come on, uh, they should be better than this.
0: Yep. Uh, I just looked at the overall results, too. Ferry got 10th overall that summer. I thought we did better than that. Uh, I think he was 10th in supercost too, in 99. Um, Deep field, man. Deep yeah, field. it was 10th overall for Red Dog Mathis that summer. And I do remember, All also, right. Larry Ward beat us at Southwick. And then Larry got a – we came back to the rental car at the end of the day. Larry had found a giant poster and wrote, Larry Ward, Sandman, beats Florida – sand rider at Southwick and put it under our windshield wiper because Larry had beaten Timmy that day. And we were like, uh, okay. Larry had to find a paper, find a marker, make the sign, put find our rental car. Somehow we knew which car we drove and then stuck it under the windshield wiper. And I'm like, okay, all right. So Larry, very proud of himself for beating a Florida guy in the sand that day. So. All right. Uh, well, that's it. That's the Liat uh Really good stuff from Seb. Great to talk to him classy guy
1: yeah one of the all-time great rides and yes because he didn't go on to win the titles i think that everyone expected to win right. over here and didn't win a lot of the nationals even um i think it's somewhat forgotten about you know it's easy to say james stewart had this unbelievable ride or bob Hanna, or or ricky carmichael guys that win tons that's obvious right but this one i i'm with you man this ranks right up there with anything i think that anyone's ever done
0: yeah yeah i i yep. agree I, again one of the best rides i've ever seen in person I'll, yep. I'll always remember it was amazing. So thanks to Seb for coming on, and he wouldn't even uh, make a joke about JT. It proves, once again, just how classy he is, and and, and so better than us. Weege. That's right. Yep. That's right. Thanks for listening, everybody. The Lee at Thanks to Maxis and Blenzall as well for joining us. And uh, until next time, uh, enjoy the motocross season, everybody. Thanks, Weege.
1: See ya.